We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Thank you so much for listening. I learn a ton from doing this podcast, and I know you do too. If you'd like to support me in this, you can become a patron through Patreon, and that would mean the world to me. You can support me for as little as a dollar a month, but anyone who supports me for $5 a month or more We'll get the Transformative Principle Members Only feed, which releases the interviews as I record them rather than on a weekly schedule. If you've binge listened to any of the past episodes of this podcast, this is for you. And I know you're going to love it. So you're going to learn as quickly as I learn. And I thank you for supporting me. To become a patron, just go to transformativeprinciple.org and on the right-hand side, there'll be a little button that says become a patron. You can click on that and support me. Thank you so much for your support. Welcome to Transformative Principle. Uh, This is episode 204 and I'm excited to have Jerry Snow on the podcast. Jerry Snow is a current uh, district administrator and former high school and middle school principal in Piedmont, Alabama. So, Jerry, welcome to Transformative Principal, and thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm glad I'm here. So, can you start by just telling us a little bit about your experience and background and there in, in Piedmont and possibly before that, if it's relevant? Well, I've been in education 20 years. I've been in uh, county schools, city schools. I've been in uh, large schools, and this is a fairly small school. Uh, in Alabama, we have seven classifications. I've actually been in a 6A school, I've been 4A school, 2A school, and the one I'm at now is a 3A. So I, I have varied experience across the different levels of school systems. I uh, have been in Piedmont for 10 years. I was a high school principal for six. Uh, while I was high school principal at Piedmont, we started a one-to-one initiative. Been about nine years ago, uh, where all of our students received MacBooks to use twenty-four-seven. We called it, the, you know, the Empower Piedmont Initiative, and the idea was we were actually just trying to close that little digital divide. We have so many students. We are, you know, we are a high-poverty school. We have over sixty 
between 60 and 70 percent of our kids free reduced lunch. So we have a lot of our students in our system who really didn't have access to a lot of technology, computers, and things like that. Then you have other kids that did. So when we started our one-to-one, it was to try to even up the playing ground as we wanted to have all the kids have access to that and the internet and be able to, you know, go out and research and explore and try to make things a little bit better for all students. So we started that around nine years ago. And from that, we've grown. We've uh, received a lot of awards recognition. I mean, we've Apple Distinguished School, Blue Banner School of Excellence. Uh, class banner school in Alabama. We've just been recognized a lot nationally. Uh, the president mentioned Piedmont City Schools in a speech a, a, a year ago talking about what we're doing in rural education to try to help kids. So we're, we've been able to put Piedmont on the map by utilizing technology and innovation to try to get our kids to a higher level. And, you know, that's one of the things we always run into was being a small system, we were always afraid our kids would think that they couldn't go somewhere else or they couldn't do something else, and we're trying to show them that they can. You know, you just have to work hard, and we're trying to figure out creative ways to help the students be able to do what they want to do, whether it's go to college, go to work, go into the military. It's just whatever they want to do. So in a nutshell, that's kind of me and where we're at here. Well, I think that's awesome, and it's exciting to hear that there's so much that you've been doing. I read about you in an article about uh, student ownership and and how you put the basically the the power of learning in kids' hands. Is that a, a fair summary of what you're doing at the middle school? That's something we started four years ago. Uh, when I moved to the middle school, we had uh, received a grant from NGLC, Next Generation Learning Challenges. We got a, a planning grant, and it was to try to figure out how to transform our school to make it better for students, to make it more productive. And what we were looking at doing was we wanted to use master-based learning. We wanted to be able to put the kids kind of where they're at, you know, standard-wise, and let them work at their pace to try to hopefully be able to go further than they could in the past. One of the things that we were always – worried about is we have some students that are very bright students, but, you know, sometimes in the class you can only go as fast as your lowest student. So we were so afraid that we were leaving some of those kids out. We were really good at the basics of education, you know, the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, and stuff like that. But we wanted to make sure that we were trying to push those kids that were upper level as well as those kids that were low level students. So that's one reason we went to the mastery based we were able to come up with a plan by visiting a lot of schools across the U.S. We worked with a company called Education Elements that put us in contact with some people and did some PD training for us. And we developed our model. And we called it Embolden, M-B-O-L-D-E-N, Embolden Piedmont. And basically with that model, we try to put a lot of the responsibility on the, on the child themselves, not necessarily on the teacher but we tried to make them be responsible for their education. And by that, we would actually have kids come in. We'd sign them grade-level standards, and they were working it at their own pace. We would set a minimum you know, deadline. So, okay, by this date, you need to be here. Or you're going to be behind, but you're allowed to move as fast as you want to beyond that. So, if you know, if you finish one grade level in six months, go ahead and start the next grade level. You know, that's one thing that we believed in to try to have the kids continue to learn. We didn't want them to sit there and become dormant. Uh, we also test our students on NWEA map assessment 
And then we take those results and feed them into uh, digital programs and create learning paths, ILPs, individualized learning plans or learning paths for every student. And we have them work on those. So we're not only covering the standards in the class that need to be covered yearly, we're also trying to fill those gaps these kids have, you know, obtained throughout the years because no matter how smart you are, there is a gap somewhere in your education. And, you know, kids are resilient just like adults are. You know, you'll you'll be afraid of, uh, say, fractions or decimals or something like that. And you learn to compensate. And throughout the years, you just keep compensating, compensating more and more. But that gap you had, that deficiency keeps getting bigger and bigger. So by doing these ILPs, we're trying to fill in some of those gaps so those kids can build on that as opposed to just having to adapt to get around it. In the model that we do, though, you know, again, we do put a lot of responsibility on the child. You know, they have to keep up where they're at. They have to keep up. Are they going to be behind or not? Uh, parent, we put a lot of responsibility on the parents. You know, we're trying to train these students to be, you know, people that are going to be productive in society. You know, businesses want people that can adapt to environments. They can learn things. They can go out and research. You know, not everything's handed to them. And it's, and it's hard for sometimes students to adapt to that, parents to adapt to that, and some teachers it's hard to because, you know, Teachers in general want to be the giver of all knowledge. And by doing this model, you're no longer the giver of the knowledge. You know, you, you're actually curating the knowledge and you're trying to direct them to where they can go out and learn more, but you're facilitating everything. You're not sitting there giving them everything. You're helping them find it. So, you know, that that's always been a stretch in any environment in education. And by no means are we perfect at it, but it's something that we're working toward. And so far, I think so. Can we talk a little bit about that shift from the giver of knowledge to the curator of knowledge? What processes did you have to go through to to get teachers to buy into that shift? And, and maybe buy in is a bad word because they really have to be invested in it. What did you do to get teachers to invest in that and see that as worthwhile? Well, one of the things that we did is uh, when I did with my staff, I actually showed a video. Uh, Todd Rose did a, a TEDx talk. And it's called the myth of average, and uh, I recommend anybody watch it if they're if they're educating children because basically it explains that if you're teaching to the average kid, you know a lot of times people say, "Well, I'm teaching to the average student," or "I'm teaching to the middle," or "I'm teaching this." The problem is, if you're teaching to the average, there is no average. You know, everybody's different. Some people have a, a you know. They can learn math more than they can do language. They can memorize things better. They can look at this and understand this physical concept, but not this, you know, intellectual, you know, concept or something. So getting people to understand that there really is no average. And if you're teaching to the average kid, then you're teaching to nobody. That was one of the things we wanted to get across to them. And most of the teachers, when they saw that, understood that. They understood that, you know, even though I want to say I'm doing it this way, I'm really not because, Every child's different, you know, whether their attention span's different or their core knowledge, what they learn before they come to my class, everything is so different. You don't have anybody that just, oh, this is the average student. So getting them to understand that there is a discrepancy in what we have thought in the past and what's really going on has helped. Once they understand that and then you explain to them, and we tried to use it to where, you know, you have children. Do you want your children to sit here and not learn something new or just sit here and be bored or be sitting here struggling and just trying their best to stay you know, above water? Or would you want them in an environment where they could go at their pace 
and you're able to work with them individually when you need to. And you don't have to do all this whole group. You could actually do small group where you're you know, teaching different standards to different kids at different times that's at their level to help them really understand it. And you know, this is what's going on. This is what they need. Once we were able to do that and talk to our teachers, really wasn't that big of an issue. Now, you do have times where a teacher will fall back into the old groove to where they want to lecture this much or they want to do this, and then you just have to remind them, hey, is, is that really helping those students? You know, if I'm lecturing, I'm putting everybody back at the same pace at the same time, half this class might be a little ahead, half up might be a little behind, you know, so really just doing that lecture the whole period, is that really helping them or is that just helping you because it's making it's helping where you're, you feel safe at? You know, you got to get out of that comfort zone and, you know, just that way. Yeah, I, I like that approach. Having those conversations can be pretty challenging. You know, who's this really helping you or the kids? What's your advice for having some of those challenging conversations? My thing is you need to be honest and upfront with them. I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with people who are educated people and, and they wouldn't be in the field if they didn't care about kids. So you, you can't approach it as in, hey, you're doing something wrong. It needs to be something to where, you know, you're here for what's best for the kids is this really best or is this best? You know, you have to look at it openly and you have to go in and be willing to listen to them because they're going to come back with some issues when they say, well, I did this or I do this. And, you know, the idea is to try to marry the best of both worlds. You know, we're say, we're not saying you can't do some lecture. In fact, what we're doing this year, we modify every year to try to see what's going to help. This year, we're actually spending, you know, 10, 15 minutes on doing like a little whole group activity and then we break off into individual at your pace activities so you can do small group rotation models and stuff like that. So we're not saying it has to be all this way or all this way. We just want to try to create a blend. And, and one of the keys to that is listening to what they say. You know, you can't go in with an iron fist and say this is how it's going to be because, you know, some people are just going to shut down automatically. And, and that's what you run into sometimes is Somebody comes in, they say, this is what we're doing, no ifs, ands, or buts, and people want to fight against that. They want to go against that. Our approach was we want to make things better for the kids. We want to have better test scores. We want to have kids better prepared for business, better prepared for society, and we ask their opinions. And, you know, How can you do this better? How can you do this better? You know, In the station rotation, how many, how many stations do you need? Do you need three groups, four groups? Do you need to spend this much time here or do you want to rotate days or just rotate during one one class period? How do you want to do it and try to give them some of that ownership in that model as opposed to having all the ownership with just giving all the knowledge? So I've got about a million questions from <laughs> from what you just said, but I'm going to try to you know break it down a little bit. So the the first question is when you're setting these things up and the teachers doing the groups if the kids are in control, then the kids are choosing where they're going and what they're working on. How much effort does that take for the teacher? How much do they do to to do that curating? And how do you logistically do that? Um, are they like building playlists in Canvas or are they creating YouTube playlists or what does that look like? Well, it's kind of like a creating a playlist. What they do is they'll actually put in the standards and when you look in our blackboard, which is our LMS, it'll have like, you know, this standard is what you're covering. These are the, uh, you know, areas you need to go to to prove mastery and, you know, and stuff like that. So even though the kids are at their own pace, the teachers kind of know what they're covering and when. And what we do is we look at a lot of data and we say, okay, I have five kids in this classroom that are working on this standard. 
I can pull them into a small group today and find out where they're at, what they need help with, stuff like that. And then I might have these six kids that are two standards ahead. I can pull them in after I'm through with them and try to see where they're at to try to help them go further. So with a teacher, it's really hard because you're having to bounce back and forth. You're having to look at the data. You're having to make sure where are they at, what are they covering, and then you have to be able to recognize are they stalled or are they just being lazy or are they hit a point toward frustrations kicking in. So that teacher has to be able to decipher a lot of that and then set up groups and pull those kids in to try to troubleshoot and then decide, okay, how can I help you go further? How can I help you understand this better? So as opposed to the old way, when I did my one lesson this period, the whole period, and I knew exactly what I'm saying, now I'm having to jump from you know one standard behind, two standards ahead, three standards that we're on, and try to talk to those kids individually and help them. And, and again, it's harder for the teacher, but the goal is what's best for the child. Yeah, I mean, that should always be the goal. And sometimes that gets lost in me, and we don't do what's best for the child. We do what's easier, convenient for the adult. In the situation that you're talking about, where you you have to decipher where kids are getting, where kids are at, that sounds like the kind of skills that would be very fulfilling to a teacher to have that instead of just like teaching, what you're doing is you're finding out what challenges you need to intervene with the kids on so that they can be proficient. How does that help the teachers feel about their productivity and, and work as a teacher? Well, I mean, it, it, it's harder. They feel more tired at the end of the day. But, but I think for them, when they see these children able to move on beyond where they would have been before, to them it's a lot of pride because look at what I've done. You know, look at how I've done this and changed this. You know, After our first year of implementation, it, it was kind of funny because when we first implemented, we were thinking, well, we'll take a dip in test scores, and this is what's going to happen, and our test scores were really good. It's just one of those things that's just different. You know, one of the hardest parts of MasterBase is monitoring it, keeping up with the data, and making sure the information you're giving them is at a high enough DOK level, you know, because one of the things we're trying to push with our teachers and our students and stuff is even though this is at their pace, you don't want to dumb it down. You don't want to make it easier for the kids so they can go through it. You want to make sure that the instruction is at a high enough level that those kids can actually troubleshoot and problem solve so you want to make sure that you're pushing them to really work toward those standards. And that's something that we continue to work on every day. You know, there, there is no end game. We, we had a, uh, a guy one time that interviewed me and he uh, said, well, now that you've done this, you can rest now. And I said, well, no, you can't rest. It's the idea is you got to keep moving forward. You got to think, okay, what can I do now that's going to help these kids, you know, later on? You know, when, when we talk to businesses, you know, I'm in charge of career tech in my system now. So I, I work with business industry and stuff like that. And when you talk to them, they want people that can problem solve. They want people that can come in. And even if they don't know the job, they can learn the job. You, They want people that can research, that can find out what the answer is to any problem. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with these students. Now, again, it's totally different what's been done in the past. It's totally hard for the individual teachers to keep up with and it's harder for the students because we put more responsibility on them we do not spoon feed them as much as we have in the past and you know some people like it some people don't so you know the idea is to try to keep a balance there to where everybody's going to be working hard and, and getting that end result you know when we created our model 
you know, there is no cookie cutter. There is nobody out in, uh, you know, the U.S. that does the same stuff that we do the exact same way. What we did is we looked at charter schools, public schools, private schools. We looked at colleges, and we said, okay, we like this, we like this, we like this. So we took stuff from everybody and tried to make it our own, and then we try to tweak it every year. It's just one of those things is we're a work in progress. And, you know, like, like I said, we get good recognition and stuff like that. But by no means are we where we need to be or want to be. We're always going to try to keep getting better. And it's, it's hard. Uh, and that's one thing that you look at. A lot of people don't want to do it. You know, a lot of people don't want to become a one-to-one, not because they can't afford it. But that's always a good excuse because when you're looking at budget-wise, it's really not horrible when you look at your overall budget. But it's very hard to monitor. It's very hard to keep up with to make sure you're compliant with all the regulations. You're trying to provide the best for all students. And the same way with mastery base. A lot of times you don't do mastery based learning or competency based, whatever you want to call it, because it's harder. It's a lot easier to stand up in front of a class and lecture the same lesson to every, you know, algebra one class today. It's a lot easier to do that than to sit there and say, okay, I'm going to put you where you're at, and then I'm going, I'm going to go to help you. You're not going to have to come down to where I'm at. I'm going, I'm going to find you where you're at and help you. So it's just, you know, 100 miles an hour every day. You know, for me personally, that's, that's what I prefer and is the 100 miles an hour every day. But uh, I, I do know that it's harder, and, and I want to help guide my teachers towards that. And it, it sounds like what is really important is having um, a very clear why statement behind what you're doing. And you've you've said it over and over that that you want things to be better for the kids. And and sometimes that can be seen as as lip service. But what I think that really is is that you're saying it doesn't matter how hard the work is for us. We just want to make sure that our kids are growing and as prepared as possible. I hope you enjoyed my interview with uh, Jerry Snow. We're going to come back next week and talk more with him about how they actually arrange their day and what everything like that looks like. So make sure you tune in next week. And if you know anybody who's interested in personalized learning or mastery-based learning or competency-based learning, please have them uh, check this episode out, share it with them, and that would be awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Transformative Principles is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. 
That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.